0: Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. Good morning, my friend. Hope you're doing well. It is early in the morning, about 4 a.m. Tata's not even up yet. He'll be up any minute, I'm sure of it. Um, but I wanted to get a jump start on today. I've got surgery today. Uh, we've had a great week around here, did some great cases, had some great days in the clinic, and just uh, really enjoying, um, our staff. We've got a great crew that Lisa's put together. And, um, just really blessed. Um, my PA, Damon, uh, another transplant from Wyoming, has come to, to work with us here, enjoying this great work that we're doing here in Nebraska. And he had his family uh, at the office yesterday, and just, a, just a treasure. Damon and Sarah Green are just, just treasures. Uh, great people who love the Lord and work hard. And uh, we're just really honored and grateful to have Damon and Sarah aboard on the team. And, and um, hey, I hope wherever you are, I hope you got a team of people around you that are helping you. Um, if you don't, um, then we're praying for you. And know that you have community, okay? The church is a community. There are people who love you and care about you and who will come together with you. And, and this this little community online here, we got the prayer wall, com slash prayer. We got the newsletter, com. This is a community of people all over the world who care about each other. And they reach out. They help each other. There's um, lots of different examples now of people who have connected through this ministry, who have helped other people in other places. Um, woman uh, who was in the hospital in Michigan and we put the word out and some other, a uh, couple of other listeners went out and visited her and spent some time with her and helped her. And uh, had a lady in South Africa who was having some, some distress and was feeling suicidal and we connected a couple of readers who knew a pastor in that town and they went to visit. And my point is just that, that there's community around you. You're never really alone. You might feel alone sometimes, but there are people who love you and will care about you and you can find them. One of the great tricks of the enemy is to make you feel alone well, this month we're, we're throwing off chains. We're, we're we're breaking down barriers we're saying we're going all in we're, we're tired of how things have been and there's some places in our lives that we want to push through and some some hurdles and obstacles we want to overcome and yesterday we talked about that footbridge of faith that you've got to have the faith that you'll take that step and it's going to hold you up well today just for a few minutes I want to talk about hope being a verb. I've told you that before. Hope is not a passive thing. You don't just wake up one morning and feel a little bit hopeful. We're going to look at some scripture from 2 Corinthians 6. We're going to listen to one of my very favorite worship songs of all time from Matt Redman, um, Never Once. And we're just going to talk about how hope is a verb and how you can find it no matter what you're going through. Just for a minute, it's a quick, quiet time before we go to surgery. Um, hey, Hey, Linda's all in with us. Here's Linda. Hi, my name is Linda Carrillo. And I'm from Western North Carolina. I'm a high school Spanish teacher. And I read your book, Dr. Warren, about two weeks before I had brain surgery. And here I am. Hallelujah. And ready to go all in even more. We're glad you're with us, Linda. And I'm glad my book was helpful to you when you had brain surgery. That's that's really cool to hear from you. And glad you're doing well. Hey, listen, friend, got to get to surgery. But I want to share a couple things with you. So when we used to live in Auburn, um, there was a there was a sidewalk in our neighborhood that went out to—we uh, lived on Covington Ridge. and Covington Ridge connected to Moores Mill Drive, and Moores Mill Drive connected to Moores Mill Road. And so we would, it was uphill out of my driveway a quarter mile up to the stop sign that connected Covington Ridge to Moores Mill Drive. And then it was about a mile— Almost exactly to the step a mile from that stop sign to the intersection of Moores Mill Drive and Moores Mill Road in Auburn, Alabama. So I would I would hit that and to be at about a mile and a quarter. And I wasn't in the best shape of anybody listening to this, um, but I was for me. I never been a, a real fast runner, a real strong runner, but but I was running pretty consistently. You know, seven thirty-five, eight-minute miles back then. Um, and, and and that again, that's not fast if you're a real runner. But for me, it was compared to my previous life was was a was a pretty good time because I never ran or really worked out or did anything until I met Lisa, and I was um in better shape at forty than I was at thirty, and in better shape at fifty than I was at forty because of her and her influence. So anyway, back in Auburn, and you know, we lost Mitch, and and for a while, uh, things were really really hard, and finally Lisa convinced me that i needed to get kind of get active again i just sort of sat down for a while after we lost mention and and she was like hey you need to you need to get moving again you know we we you, you tell everybody all the time that that you can't feel your way into acting better it's time to act your way into feeling better so we started walking, we started running we started exercising again and and, and I had this route that I would take when I did these runs in Auburn and I had a playlist, just like I do now a Christian music, worship music playlist I had of course lots of Tommy Walker and Paul Valash and Chris Tomlin and, and uh, Catherine Scott and and all those artists but one of the staple on my playlist is always Matt Redman and the way this playlist played out. You get to you get to Moores Mill Road and turn right and I would go down Moores Mill Road and there's a long downhill stretch um, that, that goes downhill for almost half a mile. So it feels great because I've been running uphill for the first mile and a quarter and there's almost a mile, almost a half mile downhill run. And then you hit this really steep like forty degree incline that goes up about a quarter mile to a stop sign at the corner of Grove Hill and Moores Mill Road in Auburn. Grove Hill is the name of this hill, and it's a killer because you're running. You've been running now between, you know, a little over two miles or almost two miles, and I hit this upslope that's a quarter mile uphill to that stop sign at Grove Hill. And the way this playlist worked out is right about the time I hit that downslope, Matt Redman's song Never Once came on. And this song is a, is about looking back at your life, at all the battles and fights that you've been through, And remembering that during that fight, you were never alone. That during that fight, he was always with you. So then, then you can turn and look ahead at the coming fight. You're standing on the battlefield, he says looking at how far you've come, and you realize, hey, never once did I ever walk alone. Never once did you leave me on my own. And I would hit the top of Grove Hill just about to give out, not sure I could make it, wasn't sure I could run all the way up it. And I would get to the top of that hill at that stop sign at Grove Hill and Moores Mill Road, and right as he would say, scars and struggles on the way, but with joy my heart can say, yes, my heart can say, never once did I ever walk alone never once did you leave me on my own you were a faithful god you were faithful and i would hit that and i would turn left and run down grove hill towards rob Brooks' house our old friend rob brooks and i would my turnaround point would be his driveway because my driveway to his and back was exactly 10k it was about you know six miles six and a little change but i would hit the top of that hill and that was my kind of victory point i made it this far i can make it farther and the reason I'm telling you that story, and I had no idea I was going to get choked up when I told that story. I don't think I've ever said that to you before. But the reason I'm telling it to you is that if you're in the fight, if you've decided to go all in, the day four here, this is about the time you're going to start hitting some resistance. Right, The first three days are usually pretty, pretty great. You've got all this adrenaline and dopamine and stuff going. You've made this decision to fight, and you're going to go all in with whatever it is that you're dealing with in your life, friend. And, you, and you're going to hit a big hill. You're going to hit some opposition. You are. And I've got a story tomorrow about opposition I'm going to tell you that I'm already dealing with this month. But I'm just telling you, you're going to hit some headwind, some big challenge, some enemy. is going to rise up. Something's going to happen. It's going to get hard. And that's when you need to do what Matt Redman's going to tell us in a minute. You need to remember that there's always, he's always been faithful. Because no matter what you're going through, he, you've been through some stuff before, so no matter what you're dealing with in the future that you just found out about yesterday that, that you discovered on your partner's cell phone, you, you found out the biopsy results, you, you look at that 401k and Biden's taxing it and inflation's eating it up and you're worried about the future and you're not sure that all this money that you've saved up is going to actually help you in your retirement now. And you're scared, right? There's going to be some, some, some challenge ahead of you, but I just want you to remember to look back, Psalm 124 is this amazing psalm when the people are dealing with something hard and they're reminding themselves about all the battles they've been through before. And they say, if the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, if the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us, they would have swallowed us alive. When their anger flared against us, the flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. The raging waters would have swept us away. Praise be to the Lord who has not let us be torn by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. You see what they did here? They did self-brain surgery. They were like, hey, we're getting ready to go into this hard time, but we've been through hard times before, and if God hadn't been on our side then, man, we would have been hosed. We would have gotten eaten up, swallowed alive, burned up, but praise be to God, he didn't let that happen. So guess what? We can make it again. See, hope is a verb. Friend, hope is not an accident. You don't just wake up and decide to be hopeful. I didn't just get up one morning and say, "You know what? I'm, I'm grieving, but I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna move on now." That's not what happens. You, you have to have some help. You have to have some memory. To, to remember, hey, you know what? I lost my son and it was impossible. But you know what? There was another time that I thought was impossible. I was outside in Iraq during a mortar attack and, and I found this wall and I just huddled up against it and the bombs were going off and the, for an hour or so the, the alarms were sounding and there was rockets and mortars and it was scary and I was caught exposed and exposed and alone and I thought I was going to die. But God got me through that. Those bombs didn't land very close to me. It was super scary, but in the, in the end, I was fine. Right, I made it because he protected me. And then I went through a divorce and, and, and I thought that part of my life was going to be impossible to navigate. And, and God got me through that. And then I thought my family was going to be impossible to put back together. And, and I didn't think I would ever be in love again. And, and God just repaired all of that. And he got me through that. And then I lost a son and I thought that was impossible. And he got me through that. And then our you know, we decided to move to Wyoming. Our practice, things were difficult in, in Auburn, and it was hard to, to navigate that post-loss world, and it was hard to navigate the post-Affordable Care Act private practice reality that was making it hard and unaffordable to be in private practice. And, and we made this big decision to move to Wyoming, and we thought we didn't get, we'd think we'd be able to get through that, but we did, and God got us through that. And then and then we thought, well, gosh, you know, now we finally made it. We built a house in Wyoming, everything's great, and then along comes this giant corporation and buys our hospital, and things go crazy again, and, and we're in this position of maybe we need to move again, and God's calling us to something different, and we didn't know if we are going to get through that. And all of a sudden, this hospital in Nebraska calls and says, hey we have an idea we we want to start a neuroscience program in our hospital we never had a neurosurgeon here and all of a sudden out of all that chaos and all that mayhem God's got a new plan and it's this beautiful place on the river and I feel like I'm back home for the first time in my life see if the Lord had not been on our side let Israel say so I'm just telling you let the self-brain surgery podcast community say if the Lord had not been on our side If the Lord had not been on our side when X, Y, and Z happened, when all those things happened in the past, I wouldn't have made it. I couldn't have done it. So I'm running down Grove Hill, and the beat's just about right for my stride. It's boom, boom, boom. My feet are hitting boom, boom. Never once did we ever walk alone. Boom, boom, boom. My feet are hitting just about right, and I don't think I can make it up that hill. And I get to the top, and it's scars and struggles on the way. But with joy, my heart can say, yes, my heart can say, never once did I ever walk alone. I want to read you, somebody posted this on my Facebook wall yesterday, um, this verse, and it was amazing because I was already planning on using it in this episode, and somebody made a quote about it in my in my, uh, in my um, Facebook yesterday, it's, um, so I'm going to pull it up, I hadn't planned on mentioning this, but let me pull it up real quick, her name is Janine, so Janine uh, Klebar, I don't know her, but she's connected to me on Facebook uh, through looks like Julie Walker, who Julie Walker and her husband um, are great uh, followers of the podcast. They have their own podcast, a really cool show that I'll mention to you sometime. Um, But Julie Walker and her husband uh, connected to a friend of theirs, Janine Klebar, who connected to me through Facebook. And she posted yesterday on my wall and had been listening to the podcast. And she said this. She said, Loving August all in, my verse I memorized and keep close to my heart during seasons of darkness is sorrowful yet always rejoicing, 2 Corinthians 6.10. You can have joy and sorrow in the Lord at the same time. It's a paradox full of hope from our amazing God. That's exactly right, Janine. Thank you for mentioning that. Here's Second Corinthians 6. Now remember Paul, right? The Apostle Paul. If you haven't read his story, go look through the New Testament and see this guy. He's always writing about how your mindset can help you and how you should be joyful and rejoice no matter what is happening in your life. But the guy who's writing that has been in prison, he's been flogged, he's been shipwrecked, he's been snake bitten. he's been poor, he's been in chains, he's been abused, he's been starved, he's been, you know, he's been hopeless, but he always has hope. So this guy who's telling us to have hope has some credibility when he says hope is a verb. He didn't say hope is a verb. I said hope is a verb. But he's saying do something to your mind to remember to take hope. Okay, and when I say hope is a verb, here's what I mean: it requires memory, like we just read from the psalm, from from the the idea in Psalm 124 of remembering that the Lord was on our side, and if He hadn't been, we would have been hosed, right? And it also requires movement. You have to do something. You have to keep running up that hill, or you're not going to make it. You have to get up off the couch, friend, and start fighting for hope. Those two things together, memory and movement, produce hope. They are the component parts of hope, and hope is a verb. It's an action word, and you have to fight for it. Now, let me tell you, there's this quantum duality we've been talking about, how our God can give you two things at the same time you can lose your child and you can have a grandchild you can you can have darkness and light you can have sorrow and joy at the same time and that's the reason that you can make it through life and you can't get rid of the hard stuff but you also get the abundance that Jesus promises us in John 10:10 10, 10. so here's what Paul says this is this is the lesson for today it's a really short idea As God's co-workers, this is 2 Corinthians 6, as God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain, for he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you, and in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. So get this, friend. Jesus doesn't say that there's some particular date and time out in the future when he's going to help you. He doesn't say, I just need you to suffer for a while, and when I'm ready, I'll come get you. That's not the kind of God that we serve. So what he says is, when you get to the point where you realize, friend, that you can't do it, you can't get up, you can't move forward, you can't stop drinking, you can't fix this relationship, when you are at the end of your rope, Hey, okay, I've got a friend, I told you, I did an episode a while back on rock bottom, I have a friend who hit rock bottom, and he didn't mean to and got himself in some trouble, some, some real trouble with, with a a habit he couldn't break. And now he's got some legal trouble and now it's threatening his, he may or may not ever be able to practice his profession again. He's in trouble and he might end up having some, some incarceration type trouble. Like like he's in real trouble. Okay. This is, this is a rock bottom moment for my friend and he's got to make a decision. If he's at the point now when he's going to say, God, I can't do this. Like this thing that I've gotten myself into, there's no way out of it unless you make a way. There's there's no way. It's impossible unless you make it possible. He's at rock bottom. And sometimes what Jesus is waiting for is for you to say, "Hey, you said that that day of salvation's out there. Can it be now? God, can can you help me now? I'm I'm, I'm at the point where I've got to have you helping me." So Paul says, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. So friend, if you're all in August and you hit day four or you hit day seven or day 13 or whatever, and you're, and you're like, you know what? I can't do it. I can't make this change in my life. I've been trying for years, and I just can't do it. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the time of God's favor. And all he's asking for is for you to reach up and take his hand. Behold, he says, I stand at the door and knock. He's knocking. He's waiting. For you to say now is the time. So here's the, the quantum physics thing I want to share with you. Starting in verse 3, Paul says this, We put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way in great endurance, in troubles, hardships, and distresses, in beatings, imprisonments, and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger that's some that's some big stuff and he's literally going through all of it abundance endurance troubles hardships distresses beatings imprisonments and riots hard work sleepless nights and hunger and then listen to this switch that happens in verse 6 in purity understanding Patience and kindness, in the Holy Spirit and in sincere love, in truthful speech and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left, through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine yet regarded as impostors, known yet regarded as unknown, dying yet we live on, beaten and yet not killed, sorrowful yet always rejoicing, poor yet making many rich, having nothing. And yet possessing everything. Friend, there is something in that paragraph in 2 Corinthians 3, 2 Corinthians 6, 3 through 10 for you. There's something in there that describes what you're feeling. I guarantee you. I'm working, I'm slaving away for this company that doesn't care about me. I'm making other people rich. I am doing all this good stuff. I'm I'm working hard and making things better and nobody notices me. I am I'm doing good things and I'm doing right, and I'm making my my best effort to make the world a better place, and other people are taking credit for my work. I am trying hard and I'm failing I, I'm, I'm suffering, and I, and nobody seems to notice i'm I'm working and and it seems like the world is just coming hard after me. There's something in there for you, but there's a switch that you can make: the switch where you accept all those hard things and you fight for the good things at the same time. And the switch happens in verse 6. It's beatings and trouble and hardship and distress and poverty and riots and sleepless nights and hunger and hard work. And at the same time, in the same breath, in the next stroke of the pen in verse 6, and purity, understanding... Patience and kindness in the Holy Spirit and sincere love and truthful speech and in the power of God with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine yet regarded as impostors, known yet regarded as unknown, dying and yet we live on, beaten and yet not killed, sorrowful yet always rejoicing poor yet making many rich having nothing and yet possessing everything listen to the footsteps boom 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 never once did i ever walk alone hardships and joy glory and dishonor bad report and good report, sorrow yet rejoicing boom 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 you can get up that hill friend you can do it you can run you can make it to the top and when you do when you do you will rejoice. Yet with joy, my heart can say, yes, my heart can say, never once did I ever walk alone. Never once did you leave me on my own. You are faithful, God. You are faithful. We're standing on the battlefield. So so the fight is not yet over. You've made it to the top of Grove Hill, but you've still got to get to the, Rob Brooks's house and turn around and run all the way back. You've still got some road ahead of you, and there's still going to be challenges, and you're going to twist your ankle, and you're going to see a snake in the path and, and you're going to have a car get a little too close to you. and It's going to be scary and you're going to be hot and sweaty, but you're going to keep running because you're going to remember if the Lord had not been on our side, we would have been swallowed up before. Let all of us say, let the self brain surgery podcast, let Dr. Lee Warren's friends say it, say it friend. If the Lord had not been on my side, I would have been hosed, but he was because he never once left me on that battlefield. And I'm going to remember and I'm going to move and keep running for it. And that's how I'm going to find hope. And that's how I'm going to go all in. And the good news is, my friend, that's how I'm going to start today.
1: We've come Knowing that for every step You were with us Kneeling on this battleground Seeing just how much you've done Knowing every victory was your power in us Scars and struggles on the way But with joy our hearts can say. Oh. so great. Struggles on the way But with joy our hearts can say
0: Hey, thanks for listening. The Dr. Lee Warren podcast is listener supported. Check out patron.podbean.comslash Dr. Lee Warren. That's patron. Dot Podbean.com slash doctor Lee Warren Patrons and partners get free books, transcripts, special patron only episodes, and more. And partners like you allow us to stay ad-free and keep growing. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com Drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together